It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 24th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Happy to be with you here on a Thursday. We're going to talk a little bit about players on the current Magic roster, two storylines that I'm sure we will be following very closely throughout the offseason at least until they happen or until they're resolved, that could reshape the magic in a big way. And I think we'll give a little bit of a hint of exactly what's in store for Orlando coming up this this summer. We do know it's going to be a summer of change. We think it will be a summer of change, but we may say not so fast, my friend, to all of that because of these two elements that Orlando has to deal with. But before we dive into that, I want to remind everyone that you can check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network uh, by searching on iTunes for Locked On and your favorite team. The Boston Celtics, one went away from the NBA Finals and ending LeBron James's reign over the Eastern Conference. You can learn, you can relive all the excitement of Game 5 over on Locked On Celtics, as well as Locked On Cavs. I'll have a complete breakdown of the game, give you the local angles, the local insight that you, that you get from me here on Locked On Magic, except for those teams. And those teams are okay. I mean, they're, they're nothing special. I mean, they're just in the, the Eastern Conference Finals or something. But... Uh, definitely give those a listen too. You can also check out on the Western Conference as we get ready for a critical Game 5 in Houston, Locked On Rockets, as well as Locked On Warriors. And of course, check out Locked On NBA every day for an NBA podcast for uh, NBA podcast from, an inter- from a national perspective with several of the Locked On hosts. Definitely check that out. You can find them all again on iTunes. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. And there's uh, not, not just those four teams. There's a Locked On podcast for every team in the NBA as well as many NFL teams and many MLB teams. So be sure to check those out too. Like I said, today we're going to talk a little bit about the players on the current roster. We've done, we've kind of weaved in and out of the draft. Um, you know, not a lot coming out of the Amway Center. No coach yet. No, you know, some reports of players being in there. Uh, Don, I think it was, I think Dante DiVincenzo was reportedly in Orlando today. I may be wrong on that. Um, Tyus Battle of Syracuse was reportedly in Orlando today. Some late first-round guys, perhaps early second-round guys, that the Magic could take at 35 and 41. Well, we'll deal with a lot of those guys in the coming days and coming weeks. Um, I'm planning to start my uh, my NBA draft coverage, my NBA draft look-ahead uh, on Tuesday after Memorial Day on Monday. Happy Memorial Day, everyone. So today we're going to talk about kind of how the rest of the Magic summer is going to go after they get a coach, after they get through the draft, and you get to free agency. You get to the trade market. That's where the meat of what Orlando is going to do is going to occur. And really, this summer, whether we like to admit it or not, whether we, 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 we I mean, we don't have a choice. This is, this is what the reality is. This summer for the Orlando Magic revolves almost completely around the Aaron Gordon decision. I've broken down the numbers for you on several occasions. I'll break them down again here. The Magic... 
If a cap is $102 million, the Magic are at about, I think, $78 million guaranteed for next year before we even get into anything else. Orlando has a lot of money guaranteed. That doesn't include the cap hold for the Magic's draft pick, which would be about another $5 million. That does not include bringing back Ken Birch, probably another million. Bringing back Wessa Wundu, another million. Bringing back Rodney Purvis, probably not as sure of a thing as the other two, but that's another million. So when you look at it, entering the summer, the Magic are probably at a shade under $20 million in cap room. Here's the rub, though. Aaron Gordon has a cap hold of about $16 million. That's uh, As a restricted free agent, the NBA, the collective bargaining agreement, wants to ensure that teams deal with their restricted free agents first. They don't want teams to make a deal with their restricted free agents, kind of say, we're going to sign you last because we have your bird rights, we can go over the cap to sign you, and then sign a bunch of other players. It's, it's kind of the... I think it's the I think it's kind of been dubbed the Kawhi Leonard rule. That's how that's how the Spurs got LaMarcus Aldridge and up Kawhi Leonard's contract so much. So essentially before the Magic summer even begins, if the Magic have any intention of keeping Aaron Gordon and we all suspect they do, the Magic do not have any cap room. So free agency doesn't happen until Aaron Gordon is resolved and and even then, the Magic are going to sign Aaron Gordon to a deal more than 16 million dollars. So all their cap room already goes to Aaron Gordon. That leaves the Magic with roughly just the $8 million mid-level, accept, mid-level exception, if my math is correct, and it may not be, but they'll have the mid-level exception, and that's about the only way they'll add players in free agency. Knowing that the Magic probably have a goal outside of Aaron Gordon not to give away too much long-term flexibility, I suspect the Magic will not make many moves in free agency this summer. Maybe a guy on a one-year deal using that mid-level exception. So any dream, at the moment at least, with the current roster, any dreams you might have of adding in that at least quasi-marquee player, probably going to have to put those away for just a moment. It's just not the direction the Magic are going to be able to go. Unless Aaron Gordon walks. If Aaron Gordon leaves in free agency, all of a sudden the Magic do have a little bit of cap room and a little bit of money to spend. Probably about 13 to $15 million, I would say. And maybe with that, you can add uh, at least a low-level starter or rotation-caliber player. So, before we get anywhere, almost this entire summer revolves around Aaron Gordon and deciding what he's worth and whether to even keep him. And it's not a money thing, because the Magic can go over the cap to sign him. It's simply a decision-making of, this is who we want to build around with. This is who we want to invest in. And that, of course, will be an interesting decision in itself. Aaron Gordon's season, we broke it down several times on the show. We'll break it down again here. First half of the season, he was absolutely on fire, making three-pointers from everywhere. Looked like if the Magic were good enough to have an all-star, they were competitive enough to have an all-star, Aaron Gordon would have been the guy. He averaged 17.6 points per game, showed great improvement with his three-point shot. He, it, it was a breakout season for him. But undoubtedly, down the stretch, as the Magic season fell off the wheels, as the team, as teams put him a little bit higher on the scouting report, he struggled a little bit. Shooting 40.6% from the floor and just 31.6% from beyond the arc in the final 19 games. 
Gordon would even admit, I think, that the concussion that he suffered, the injuries that he suffered early in the season, probably knocked him out of that rhythm after those first 20 to 25 games. That probably knocked him out of rhythm, and he struggled to find it again. And in fact, I would argue that a lot of his struggles were growing pains. A lot of them were getting used to playing with that added attention, trying to be what he thinks he needs to be rather than kind of playing, as, as Frank Vogel liked to say, within, within the offense, within the flow of the offense. I don't. I, I think a lot of that's growing pains, and I think Gordon can improve and grow out of it. I think he's got the work ethic to do so. But that still leaves this decision ahead of Orlando. And it's, it's the only big decision the team really has to make at the moment. And, you know, if I'm Jeff Waltman, if I'm John Hammond, if I'm that magic front office, I know to a T exactly what my plan is with Aaron Gordon. I know exactly what I want to offer to his agent once the negotiating period begins to try and get him away from the restricted free agency game to begin with. I know exactly what kind of offer I'm not willing to accept, what kind of amount I'm not willing to accept. And from there, from there, I think the Magic can begin making a decision. And that's how the summer will play out. Personally, I suspect it will play out similar to how Tobias Harris played out. They'll tell... They'll come to an offer. It'll probably be a lower offer than what Aaron's looking for. Um, they'll say no, and then the Magic will say, go get a max offer sheet, and we'll talk again. And maybe he gets that max offer sheet. Maybe he doesn't. But once he gets it, I suspect that the Magic will come in and say, okay, we'll give you that fifth year. We'll do this, this, that, and the other thing. A little bit less base salary, but more over the total. We believe in you. You're our guy. So on and so forth. That's that's what happened with Tobias Harris. Of course, the Magic trade Tobias Harris after one year. Anyway, this is not a free agency wash with cash. So the Magic might be able to bring him back on a little bit of a bargain. Because there's not a lot of teams that have the money to spend, and while Gordon is probably one of the most interesting young guys on the free agent market, is he really worth that investment, especially the investment that it might take to get Orlando not to match? There's been a lot of talk of maybe doing a sign-in trade. I'll do a sign-in trade primer, but essentially, yeah, a sign-in trade could happen. But, but several things have to happen first. One, Gordon has to agree to a contract with the team that's trying to acquire him. Two, that team has to then use the sign-and-trade to create the cap space to bring him in. So let's say Gordon wants to go play for the Cavs. There's no sign-and-trade to be had there. The Cavs can't get themselves under the cap enough to bring in Aaron Gordon. They're so far over the cap. And so the magic... So that wouldn't happen. Not saying Cleveland's in, in, the, in the running, but... I've seen some people say, oh, you know, the Magic should get a, a higher draft pick. I've seen some people suggest to me Dallas. Dallas is certainly probably going to be interested in Aaron Gordon. They have the money to sign him outright. But if they if they can work out a signing trade to get the Magic not to match, then that might benefit the Magic too. But one thing Dallas isn't going to do is they're not going to give away valuable assets. You know, people have suggested to me on several occasions that the Magic could, could trade Aaron Gordon for a high draft pick in a sign-in trade. And I'm telling you, that's not going to happen. If the Magic decide to do a sign-in trade, it's because they're willing to let Aaron Gordon walk and they're just trying to get anything for him. Think about that Ryan Anderson deal. When the Magic signed and traded Ryan Anderson to the Pelican, to the Hornets, to the New Orleans Hornets at the time, they only got Gustavo Ion. And people complain, like, that's all you got for Ryan Anderson? It's like, no. 
that's what the Pel- that's what the Hornets at the time needed to get under the cap to sign Anderson out Anderson anyway. The Magic just get the benefit of that of that maneuvering, and that's all a sign and trade is. You're not going to get a player of supreme value of extreme value in a sign and trade deal. You're only going to get what's off, you know, essentially enough to get them under the cap to sign him anyway. There's no big contracts moved in sign and trades. I'm sorry. And so, yes, that does maybe perhaps limit what the Magic can do with Aaron Gordon just a hair. But if you ask me, I think that the Magic will keep Aaron Gordon. I think that they will match just about any offer. And I think, honestly, Gordon won't really hit restricted free agency. I think they'll come to a deal beforehand to keep him here. Whether that's the right decision or not, only time will tell. And certainly the value of that contract will tell as well. But this is the Magic Summer. Aaron Gordon is the big decision of the Magic Summer and and really the only decision for the Magic to make this summer because he just eats up so much of that space. And so it'll be interesting to see exactly how the Magic manage this and just how much the Magic are willing to, to do to get him. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The other big piece to the summer that I think we're all expecting is the Magic to be active in the trade market. If you can't add guys in free agency, the only other way to add them is in trades. And that too is going to find itself in a very sticky situation. I think most of us expect the Magic to aggressively try and shop Nikola Vucevic, try and get him to a new team, or or just kind of move on. Uh, he's an expiring contract. He, he could still contribute. He could still add something to a winning team. If a team strikes out on a center in free agency, that seems like a good place to, to for him to land. Um, I, I think that he does have some value, just not in the way that the Magic need him to have value. I think that we'll see a lot of rumors about Jonathan Simmons, although I'm, I'm a little hesitant to say the Magic will let him go. I think we'll see a lot of rumors about Evan Fournier. I think we'll see a lot of rumors about Terrence Ross. Bismack Biombo is going to be very difficult to move. I don't think we'll see him moved. But the Magic are going to be very active in the trade market, trying to make their team better or at least create more financial flexibility. That's the name of the game for Orlando right now. Get out of the salary cap hell that they're in where literally the only move they can make is to re-sign Aaron Gordon or, or figure out what to do with Aaron Gordon. But... I think, the, I think one piece that a lot of Magic fans expect to be very active is, is a piece that's going to be very difficult to move. And that would be Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier, in a vacuum, is probably one of the more tradable assets on the team. He's productive. Averaged about, what, 17 points per game. Led the team in scoring last year. He's a good shooter. He makes smart offensive plays. Uh, he's not the best passer, not the best playmaker, but he makes generally smart offensive plays. His defense... Leave something to be desired, but no one's gonna. He's he's not gonna kill. He's not gonna absolutely destroy you on defense. 
But the problem with Evan Fournier is his contract. He's got three years left at $17 million per. And this is a market, this is an era where teams are very cap conscious. And they're not going to move valuable young guys, valuable short-term contracts to bring in a long-term guy at that price too to essentially play a third third role. There are definitely some teams that might and, and some teams that maybe struggle to get free agents who, who might be willing to bite that bullet and take that investment. But Orlando ostensibly would have to take on a bad contract in return probably. That's more the reality the Magic are in with him. And so while I think there is a market for Evan Fournier, that market may not yet be developed this year. Over on Locked On Jazz last week, uh, David Locke took a took a question from fans asking about Evan Fournier. There is interest in Evan Fournier, and, and Utah has always kind of seemed like a good place to, to make a deal. Evan's friends with Rudy Gobert. Um, I, I personally, no offense to Utah, I love the Jazz, I love everything they do. The Jazz aren't a team that's going to attract a lot of free agents. So if you can get a quality player and lock them down for a while, that's fine. I think that on top of all this, the Jazz need a scorer, a three-point shooter like Evan Fournier. Rodney Hood didn't cut it for them. And that was something they missed in the playoffs as kind of secondary playmaker with Donovan Mitchell. You add Ricky Rubio, and, and Ricky Rubio was kind of that guy. So you add Ricky Rubio back into that mix and now all of a sudden, Evan Fournier kind of has a nice little fit in, in competing with Joe Ingles for that, at, at the three. If not playing the two next to Mitchell, and maybe the, the Jazz look to move Rubio a little bit. But I, I doubt that. I think Rubio did a really good job. So, so David Locke suggested last week that the Jazz could, could acquire Fournier for, I think, Alec Burks and a future first. Burks is paid about $12 million, got two years left on his deal. So the Magic gets some more long-term cap flexibility instead of three years, they're paying two, and, and they save about five to five to $6 million, four to $5 million. They get maybe a worse player. Burks is a decent shooter. That's kind of, though, the deal that you're going to be looking at. I'm not, I'm not saying that that deal's on the table, that that deal's ever offered, that that deal even makes sense. I'm not sure Utah does it. I think Orlando might, if they can get a future asset out of it. Uh, but that's the kind of deal I would look at. Guys who, kind of like Terrence Ross, honestly, guys who are on quasi-big contracts, probably a little bit probably a little bit overpaid, less than Fournier, but a little overpaid, maybe a two-year two two year commitment. Um, something that, you know, uh, you're not going to get a starter back for Evan Fournier is essentially what I'm saying. And I think the same's the case for Nikola Vucevic, for Terrence Ross, probably even for Jonathan Simmons. It's hard to get equal value back. And, this, and honestly, the Magic's goal right now is not to get equal value back. Right now, the Magic's goal is probably to just salary dump them a little bit, get a future asset, get some financial flexibility again. That's unfortunate reality. Now, I would say I think Utah's interest in Evan Fournier is probably overstated. It's probably just speculation. Uh, and I think generally around the league, Fournier is seen as valuable, but very difficult to acquire because of that large salary. Especially because Orlando's going to be over the cap. They're going to have to match salary, take on less salary, and the team that's acquiring Fournier would have to be able to absorb Fournier's salary. That's not easy to do. 
And so if, if you were to ask me, I would say Fournier is probably still another year away from really having a robust trade market. If you're looking to trade Fournier at the top of his market, I would say it's not this summer, but next summer that that would come. Because I suspect Fournier will have another nice year, solid year, do what he do what he always does. But it's tough to move contracts that big. That's also the reality. And it's tough to get exactly what you're looking for. And so honestly, that's the difficult situation the Magic are in. Whether it's Vucevic, whether it's Fournier, whether it's Ross, whether it's Simmons. It's finding a deal that accomplishes your goals. And finding a partner willing to take take the risk or take, take on that big obligation. It can be done. I'm not saying it's impossible. But that's kind of the, 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 the situation the Magic are trapped in right now. And so the trade market isn't going to be as robust as everyone hopes. I think the Magic will still make some moves. Don't get me wrong. I think... They're just at a point where they just have to. They can't just, especially for fans, they can't just run back the same group and expect different results or expect fans to respond in a different way. Sometimes it's time to change. But obviously, Orlando will have its work cut out for them. Jeff Weltman and and how he digs out of this hole is going to be incredibly interesting to watch. But that's where things begin. That's, that's the table that's set as we enter June and July as the Sorlata Magic team tries to change what's already on the roster. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And check out our website at LockedOnMagic.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We're keeping an eye on any coaching rumors that might pop up. Uh, and eventually the Magic will hire a coach. Maybe it'll be tomorrow for a Friday press conference. Maybe it'll be Friday for a Monday press conference. Who wants to work on Memorial Day? I kind of don't, but I have to. Um, but eventually the Magic will hire a coach. We'll be there when they do. But coming up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com tomorrow, it's up actually already. Why the second round pick, the second round picks are really important for this team. And coming up a little bit later, why the Magic have to make sure they get this number six pick right in a big, big way. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank everyone again to, for listening. Please check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network, especially Locked On Celtics and Locked On Cavaliers, Locked On NBA, Locked On Rockets, Locked On Warriors, your complete coverage of the NBA's Final Four as we enter these critical final three games, Game 5, uh, Cavaliers lose to the Celtics in Game 5. Rockets-Warriors Game 5 on Thursday, so some big, big games coming up for those teams. Be sure to check out those podcasts for the local angles, your team, every day. 
Thanks again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rosenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.